Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue going through the book of 2 Timothy. And we're in the second chapter. Let me remind you what we've looked at in the last couple episodes to set the context. We do well to reflect upon these things, to remember these things over and over, okay? So in the first verse of the second chapter, uh, Paul told Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Remember that? And he said, the things that you've heard from me, the things that you heard from me in front of many witnesses, you need to entrust these things to faithful men. And make sure that these are faithful men who are able to teach others also. And uh, let me just emphasize this. This is not necessarily saying that it has to be somebody that's standing at the pulpit or standing at a lectern. As a matter of fact, that I think that we've been harmed as the body of Christ because we think that's the only way that teaching takes place. And nothing can be further from the truth. The teaching takes place on the job site. The teaching takes place over a cup of coffee. Okay, the teaching takes place in a dialogue and conversation and discussing. The teaching takes place when someone observes what you're doing and how you're living your life. Okay? So he says, you make sure that you find faithful men to entrust these things. And then he called Timothy to suffer hardship with him in verse 3. And we're about to see that he's going to reiterate that again. He says, suffer hardship with me. And he says, suffer as a good soldier would. You know, a good soldier that's in active service, soldiers don't entangle themselves with the affairs of the day. He says, compete as an athlete does. You know, an athlete presses on toward the prize. But he's not going to win the prize if he bends the rules or if he doesn't adhere to the rules. And then he gives an example of a hard-working farmer. And just the process of farming, of by faith uh, tilling the land, by faith planting the seed, by faith uh, taking care of the harvest as it is growing. None of it is guaranteed. It's by faith, okay? So live that way. And then he told him in the last verse we looked at yesterday, Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding and everything. So that's um, 2 Timothy 2, 7. So Paul's telling him, hey, take this under advisement here. Listen to this stuff. Consider it. The Lord will give you understanding. Then verse 8 just flows right out of that. Paul says this, Remember, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel. Now, uh, that's the middle of the sentence, so let me just point out a couple of things. He's drawing Timothy's mind back to the foundational thing, back to the simplicity of the gospel, back to the what is gospel good news what is that good news is being heralded forth that jesus a descendant of david is risen from the dead that right there is one of the most succinct uh, explanations of the gospel you'll find in scripture why did he say descendant of david well that would have spoken to those of the jewish background particularly but it shows and it proves that the Lord Jesus fulfilled the prophetic word, what was prophesied in the Old Testament about Messiah coming. So he told me, he said, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. Well, if he's risen from the dead, that means he has died. You know, quite often we'll quote 1 Corinthians 15 about, you know, Jesus Christ who was born of a virgin, who did this, who did that, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here he's just saying he's risen from the dead, okay, risen from the dead, which means he's died, he's alive now, he's come forth, he's a descendant of David, according to my gospel, he's saying, this is what I have proclaimed, 
then verse 9 for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal but the word of God is not in prison so remember how he had said earlier in verse was it three that he called Timothy hey to suffer hardship with me realize that these hardships will come well what exactly did he mean well now we get a little more insight into it he's saying I, I suffer hardship verse 9 starts off with the word for 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 I suffer hardship he's suffering hardship for the sake of the gospel for the kingdom of the gospel Okay, And so he said, I'm suffering this. He said, even to the point that I'm in prison right now as a criminal. In other words, he's been charged with uh, crimes because of this. But then he says this, but the word of God is not imprisoned. Even though he himself is imprisoned, he knows that the word of God is not in prison. So verse 10, he says, for this reason, what reason? For all these reasons, because of the gospel, because of what he's calling Timothy to do, because the word of God is not in prison, for this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it, eternal glory. He's saying, you know what? It's because of the gospel. It's because of the fact that the Lord died for us, that he is Messiah, that he's risen from the dead. Because of that, it's fine if I'm in prison. I'm going to endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen. Who are the ones that are chosen? And you see this phraseology all through the New Testament. And people, uh, particularly out of my background, they just freak out over these terms. And they start throwing out man-made terms. Okay? You know, they'll start throwing, they'll say, oh, well, you're a Calvinist. Oh, you're an Arminian. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And that type of foolishness has really, really harmed the body of Christ. We need to give heed and pay attention to what the scripture says, folks. He says this for the for the sake of those who are chosen. There are those, the scripture says over and over and over again, that are chosen, that are called, that are elect, that are predestined. It is cut and dry. Now, a lot of times people sit there, well, what about this? What about that? I understand the whatabouts. I understand the yeah buts. And you can discuss things, and we can see what the totality of the Scripture says about matters. And that's what you need to know. You need to know what all the Scripture says about it. But most of the time within these arguments, people are coming from two positions. They will usually say this, well, I thought, and then whatever they say. And their thinking is a little sideways because they don't know the Word of God. Or they'll say, well, my church says this. Well, it's a like matter. Their thinking is a little sideways, a little corrupt, because they don't know the totality of the Scripture. Where they really start getting close to what the truth is is when they say this. Well, if the Lord says this right here, and the Lord says this right here, I don't understand. <laughs> well, you're getting closer to being right then. Because there's things that the Lord says here are truth. Okay, it's truth that God's chosen. It's also truth that man has a responsibility. And people say, well, I don't understand how that can be. Well, there we go. Both are truth. Okay, both are absolutely true. So what usually happens, though, is that people just throw out a thing and say, well, I don't believe this. I think it's like that. And boy, you can't do that. Sometimes they'll say, well, the chosen right here, are, that's the Jewish people. Well, it, it can consist of the Jewish people. Yeah, no doubt there's some of them. But look what he says. I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen so that they may also obtain salvation 
which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. The ones that are chosen are the ones are, that are obtaining salvation. Now, it may be the Jewish people that the Lord chose, and there's going to be a portion of those that will obtain salvation. Absolutely true. Okay, That's correct. That will happen. That is happening. But he's saying right here, I'm doing this for those who will obtain salvation, which is Christ Jesus, and with it, with the salvation, eternal glory. He's saying this, I do everything that I do for the sake of the propagation of the gospel to where those who, that the Lord has chosen, whoever they may be, will hear the good news and that they will obtain the salvation and the glory that the Lord Jesus Christ has for them. It is not my job to sit there and say, you're chosen, you're not chosen, you're this, you're not that. No, our job, our calling is to spread the gospel, to impart the gospel, to teach the gospel, to do whatever we're supposed to do within the kingdom to the praise and the glory of the Lord, to where people can hear and see the good news and what Jesus has done for them. Oh, well, anyway, my time is up. Thank you so much. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.